Blog Talk Radio. Moses give you the law 
and yet none of you keepeth the law. Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered and said, Thou hast the devil. <laughs> Who goeth about to kill thee? Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Um, the religious, Even the religious leaders of the day there in uh, Jesus' time, uh, they were trying to kill him because he spoke the truth. Uh, they hated him. And uh, we... We know that we're not going to be popular. You can see when you look at uh, what they call Christian television today and you see that um, the popular teachers, most of them don't preach against sin. Um, They mainly preach prosperity and uh, tell you how you can get rich and successful. And yet they... They don't teach that in this world you you will have tribulation, which you will, because Jesus, that's a promise. That's one of the promises I think too many preachers avoid. Um, But as long as we're in this world, we're going to have tribulation. So we have to be ready for it. And uh, at all costs, we have to stand for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ because we are trying to reach a lost and dying world. And there's one message of hope, and that is the message of the gospel. And uh, so that's why we do these programs. We hope that we can reach, even if, if we reach just one, with the message of salvation, and uh, we can help someone to turn to Jesus. That's what we want to accomplish. So I want to bring my guest on and... Uh, Hi, is this Karen? Hi, Susan. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. This is my guest, Karen Panzler-Lamb, and uh, we are going to uh, be discussing today Jimmy Swaggart's gap theory and also the church mafia. Karen is the author of the website, The Liberty Advocate, and she is an educated attorney educated at uh, Regent University, which is Pat Robertson's school, also the daughter of an Assembly of God pastor. So Karen has seen and heard much in her time. Amen? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm sure you have, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have, too. And anyway, uh, Karen, there are... there will be a few people calling in. I did have an email uh, from a brother, Randy, uh, who has an interesting story. His um, grandmother and was a member of Jim Jones' cult. Remember oh, okay. Jim Jones uh, from Guy- that took all the people to Guyana and over 700 people committed suicide. And... Uh, can you hear now? Someone's telling me they can't hear anything. Just um, let me know. If, yeah, I can you, hear you fine. Okay. That someone in the chat room is saying he can't hear anything. Okay. So uh, let me know, uh, Ray, I see you in the chat room. Let me know if you can hear now. Um, just let me know if you can hear us because he's saying he can't hear anything. We definitely don't want that. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, he was then also a member of Creflo Dollar's church. So uh, he, uh, I asked him to call in today, and also Brother Ray Dion, uh, he's going to call in. Let me see who else is on the line here. Let me see who's here. Area code 209. Hello? Hello. Hello. Yes. Is this Ray or Randy? Well, I'm 209, but I didn't press one. I wasn't ready to talk. Hello. Okay. So you want me? You want to come on in a few minutes? Sure. Okay. Then. I, All right, I can I'll wait. I don't hold. have anything to say. I'm just a regular <laughs> listener. So. Okay then. All right. So I'll put you back on hold for a few minutes. Okay. Okay, then. All right, uh, Karen, 
We, uh, you have an interesting article on your uh, website about the church mafia. Yes. And uh, what exactly do you mean by the church mafia? That's a pretty strong term. That, that, that sure is, <laughs> Susan. Well, the church mafia, I guess I have to explain a little bit first about the new church order because it's the church mafia is tied into the new church order. And the new church order is, I don't know if I coined the phrase or not, that's what I call it, and it's a rebellion against the old church order. It's against it's a rebellion against established biblical doctrines. It hates well you remember in the sixties where they just hated the establishment. Yeah. And so this is kinda of like a hatred of the establishment of the church. And everything has to be overthrown. And this is tied into Rick Warren. This is part of his strategy. Uh to build a one-world, um, new order, new world order church, which is basically religious humanism. So, in order to do that, you have to get rid of all of the old church order things. You have to get rid of the hymns. You've got to get rid of doctrine. You know, biblical doctrine. Um, it's based on yes. good works. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, it's just basically a war against the old church order, the culture of the church, <clears throat> and the new church order really advocates a global socialist government and re- religious humanism. They want the culture of the world. There should be no distinction between the world and the church. And many of religious leaders, uh, church officials, uh, Assemblies of God, Church of God, uh, um, Missionary Alliance, Baptist, of course, Rick Warren is Baptist. They have bought into this. Of course, it helps their tithes and offerings because if you market your church toward the sinners, and you just bring the sinners in, I don't think they're really concerned. They say they are about converting them, but they're really not. It's all about increasing attendance, tithes, and offerings. And um, so they play uh, – they want to – be well thought of by leaders like Rick Warren. Now, I don't know if you know, Rick Warren believes in uh, religious reconciliation, that the Christians and Muslims must reconcile their differences. Oh, we really? all believe in, yes, we all believe in God. That's all that matters. Oh. Yes. So Rick so, Warren, he, he's not really born again then. No, I mean, he's You can't not. make a statement like that if you're really born again. No, you can't. And if you read Rick Warren's books and you listen to him talk, you will definitely notice that he excludes the Holy Spirit. So, of course, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not, know, you're not going to know the truth anyway because it's the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth. So he denies the power of the Holy Spirit in building the church, and it's all man-made strategies. So the Assemblies of God has bought into this marketing strategy in the Church of God and others. Uh, the top officials, George Wood, claims that he's a friend of Rick Warren. And I think his son-in-law goes and daughter go to his church in California. So therefore, oh, really? He's, yes. Ah. So he's advancing this. He's all for it. Now, if I, don't, if I didn't misunderstand, I saw on Facebook where Rick Warren was going to be speaking to the General Council of the Assemblies of God this week. Oh, so, really? Yes, because someone oh, had written on Facebook, no, I can't believe they're terrible. having Rick Warren at General Counsel. Wow. But, of course, it's not, they call it training, but it's really indoctrination. We know that. Yes, that's a better word for it. That's the right word is indoctrination because it's right. certainly not training. Whatever happened to the old Assemblies of God, the old uh, way where you went to an Assemblies of God church, I remember going and I've been born again for over 31 years, and, of course, you grew up in the Assemblies of God. So, you know, when you went, you heard a good gospel message, and right. uh, we worshiped the Lord, and uh, you came out feeling edified. Uh, after, when uh, they started getting into, uh, like you said, the indoctrination of being being so relevant, like, trying to be so much like the world, and... Uh, how everything has changed. What what business does Rick Warren having have uh, 
going to the general council of the Assemblies of God to be a speaker. It's ridiculous. Right, right. Well, he's not even our denomination. My husband keeps saying, you can see where they're trying to erase the lines from denominations and really just make it into religious humanism. You know, doctrine doesn't matter. They claim doctrine doesn't matter anymore. Now, that's true because uh, I remember a while back emailing someone in the Assemblies of God, one of the... um, one of the people in the hierarchy, and bringing up some of the the uh, heresy, really, that I had heard by some uh, members of the Assemblies of God, and he told me, well, it's all about unity. Right. Uh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what the unity is about is the new church order is really the new world order church, which will go along with the new world order, which is, of course, the one world government and the one world religion, which is really is humanism. They're, yeah. It's really not about God at all. It's about man-made works. Yeah. And, of course, Rick Warren believes he's going to bring peace to the earth through yes. his global peace program, I'm sure you know, because James Sunquist is on your program often, and he talks about that. Yes. Now, uh, Karen, that's something interesting about you is that you went to Regent University, which is Pat Robertson's law school. Yes. Now, tell me, what what about your time there? How uh, how was that for you, and what did you see while you were there? Well, I I don't agree with everything Pat Robertson teaches or preaches by any means, but... As far as my education was concerned, the academics, it, I got a very good education. I was very yeah. pleased. Now, they didn't try to indoctrinate you in his way of thinking, but they did try to encourage you to base it on the Bible. And they would bring in, uh, at, like at the beginning of class, we would give devotions or one of the professors would give a devotion um, and prayer. Like I said, there was no indoctrination but they wanted you to go out and make a difference in the world. Yeah. Exactly how he wants that. I don't know. I've heard things about him after I graduated, and I'm not sure really what he really intends the school to be. You what know, year some, were you? That, did you graduate? I graduated in ni- 1996. Oh, I see. Because yeah. I think they brought in, they later on brought in a Catholic. Wasn't it Vincent Sinan who yes, was a Catholic? Yes, correct. Actually, to be the head I of the university. In 1998. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I graduated 1998. Now, I, I found that very interesting myself. Is why would they bring a Catholic in to head up a school that was founded by born supposedly born again Christians? So that to me was very it was a very curious thing. I think it's all part of this ecumenical thing. Yeah, that is just about unity and. Um, Catholics and Protestants and Muslims must all join together. Yeah, well, it sounds like universalism. It sounds like universalism and uh, a form of ultimate reconciliation, which I see all I see these churches all headed in that direction. Yes. Where uh, if, if some of the listeners out there, if you don't know about universalism or ultimate reconciliation, you'll know that... Uh, they teach that in the end everybody gets saved, whether they accept Jesus Christ or not. And uh, there's so many people that are in it now. You, you see a, uh, some of the people on TBN, uh, one person, Mark Sharona, I know for sure. I, I expect T.D. Jakes to probably come out very shortly in favor of ultimate reconciliation and universalism. But you can see that it's all headed that way, yeah. where uh, doctrine doesn't matter. They, they, uh, all, all that matters is that you have prosperity and success in life, and uh, you, they don't want you to uh, judge. You're not supposed to judge righteous right. judgments. Right. And basically, when you go to church, you leave your brain at the door. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and your Bible. Yeah, and your Bible. Your Bible. And then as you exit church. the door, you pick it up. <laughs> and uh, maybe then you can think for yourself. Uh, you know, fortunately, there's, and thank God for the Internet, because there's so many of us now 
and we're finding each other on the Internet where, uh, as before, I think we had to suffer in silence for the most part because right. when you're you like, am ever, I the only one? <laughs> yeah, am I the only one? And then if you would ever qu- dare to question the pastor, <laughs> uh, you would be ostracized and shunned. Right. And uh, so now we have the freedom to use the Internet to question everything. Right. And I, I think it's wonderful that God, he makes a way that uh, we have to hold people accountable for what they're teaching. And um, it is important what we teach and what we preach to people because we have we have the responsibility of telling people the truth because their eternal destiny uh, Jesus Christ is not coming back down to the earth to preach the gospel. He uses human beings. And so uh, we need to uh, make sure that we get the message straight. Very important. Very important. When you're talking about heaven and hell, it's very, very important. Right. And uh, what else can you tell us about the New Order Church as it, and it, as it pertains to the... Uh, church mafia well i call the hierarchies of these denominations that are following this new church order the mafia because they get very upset with resistors they belittle them well they try to drive them out of the church well first of all shut up don't say anything you know just go along uh don't challenge the pastor when i was going to south side assemblies of god here in lakeland about five years ago uh, a coworker had invited me to the church. Said, "Hey, we got a new pastor. I think you'll really like him." So I started going, and within just a matter of months, he began to bring in the new church order, and I began questioning, questioning things, um, giving scriptures, and the associate pastor wrote back to me, emailed me, and said, "You're not allowed to cha- challenge the pastor. You just oh. do what he tells you to." Oh, really? Uh, of course, I didn't. My response was, oh, well, um, I have authority <laughs> to. <laughs> you know, so it's just like, just don't question the pastor. Wow. And so they try to get you out of the church. Well, they try to hush you up first. Be quiet. Don't say anything. Just go along. You know, yeah. aren't you willing to do anything, you know, to build the church? You know, well, building the church and saving the lost are two different things. Yes. You know, Amen. and like you just said, we're supposed to save lost souls. Yeah. We're not here to build a one-world um, religion and a one-world government. Of course, that's yes, the amen. that's what's prophesied in Revelation is the whore of Babylon, all that stuff. But um, so they try to get you to be quiet, and then they start like um, they really weren't interested in the older people, and by I mean older, it's like forty and over. Okay, now forty is young, <laughs> and I'm yes, I was, it is. I yes. was in my forties at the time, it's but young, the focus yeah. went on the youth, solely on the young people with families. And so, anyway, it's the mafia system where if you don't go along, be quiet, get out. If you don't go along, belittle you, insult you, and this is what is being taught by Rick Warren. That's what he tells uh, pastors to do: don't put up with them. You know, um, it's, it's like oh, you have yes, a rebellion yes. on your hand. you got to quash it. Yes. And so George Wood follows that. The assistant superintendents follow that. And they pass all that kind of um, pressure down to the superintendents, the district superintendents, pastors. Uh, don't put up with anything. Don't let anybody rock. You know, we're going to push this new world order. And if you have to drive people out of the church... To do it, drive them out. It doesn't matter how long they've been there or how much tithes they pay. Get rid of them because this new thing is coming in. <laughs> and that's the truth. That is really the truth. Um, they uh, they they don't mind driving. Get rid of the troublemakers because we only want we only want people now in our buildings that uh, can't think, won't think, and especially we don't want people in our buildings that would read their Bibles on their own. Oh, God forbid they should do that. 
uh, they really don't like true Christians. But well, actually, they hate true Christians. It's almost like that's the scribes true. and the Pharisees. Yes. You know, in true. Jesus' time, it's the same thing. Don't speak the truth. Just do what we tell you to, and you know, we'll have a nice little happy church. Yeah. That uh, you, you see it so much. Uh, I'm always amazed when I turn on what they call Christian television, and I'm, sometimes you you might get a little bit of gospel, and uh, people can actually still get saved by watching some of these programs because some of them actually still do present a uh, salvation message. But uh, it's so far removed from uh, the New Testament and uh, what Jesus really taught. I'm going to bring – I have another person on the line. Okay, good. And uh, his name is Ray. Dion, and he was a member, I think he was a member of Fred Price's church, so we want to hear what he has to say. Hi, Ray. Hi, Ray. I know he's I'm there. not Ray. Well, oh, is, this, is this not Ray? Who is this? Oh, this is Stephen. I, w- I called last week. I'm not, I still haven't pressed number one, but Oh, okay. All I'll right. be Let in there soon. All right, I'll put Ray. you on hold. <laughs> you came up in the wrong, uh, the wrong. Is this Ray? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, my name is actually Ray Kwan. It means Soldier of Light. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, Ray, you have an interesting testimony too, don't you? Uh, were you a member of uh, Fred Price's church out in California? Yeah, I was raised in his church, and I've been one of his disciples since 99, I guess. Wow. So um, how did you get out? Um, well, basically, I I believe that um, a lot of the Word of Faith ministries, they, they teach a lot of uh, good Good doctrine in a sense They preach against uh, Sin, you know, the, the big Sins as it were, you know So so basically um, um, I pretty much Held his feet to the fire Because as I mentioned In the other show um, One of the things that Dr. Price taught on was um, The sin against racism That uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr. Uh, was preaching, uh, he preached a sermon back in 92 about interracial marriage not being biblical, uh, Kenneth Hagin yeah. Jr. So uh-huh. so basically, you know, he, he, he got on him about that. So I used the same method as he used with that and, and other and other areas that, that he was uh, preaching um, that I felt that was very uh, heretical, you know. So I, I called him and I left him a message, and uh, he called me back actually, and he just went off on me. He just he called me nebulous, and he said that you wow. know my my son is taking over the church. So if God didn't tell you to leave the church, then you can't leave unless you hear from God. And I'm just like, are you kidding? It, it broke my heart because I actually moved out. I got out the Army in 2003. I moved to Oklahoma to go ORU, and then yeah. I, didn't re- I didn't realize that they were, you know, crazy and had issues and, um, um, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, you were like most of us. We we walked around and we were singing, everything is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well I was, and then, and then, like we were seeing, we started to see things that were going on, and we we're like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the basis of it is, you know, besides if you believe in tithing or naming and claiming, basically all of it will will reveal itself in sin, you know, because uh, those guys who preach that. They'll, they'll start being prideful. They'll start right. being arrogant. They'll start having yes. sexual sin. So that's 
that's where I left. You know, that's I noticed that that most of the guys who preach that have serious pride issues and serious arrogance. Oh, serious. You know, serious. So, and, and that's one of the fruits of the spirit. You know, so if you claim to be spirit filled, how in the world are you going to be arrogant? I, you know, I believe. The Holy Spirit has anointed me greatly to do a great thing, you know. And I've never just been arrogant to somebody because, I mean, we don't know it all. I mean, that's that's the whole basis of us having faith in Jesus Christ because, you know, his his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways, you know. So well, that's we the part. It sounds a lot like uh, what we're talking about, the church mafia. Now, did you actually confront uh, Fred Price over some of his teachings is that did you call him on that and he wouldn't discuss it with you? Well, it was started telling well, you off. This happened in two thousand seven, uh, like in oh, January. Uh-huh. What happened was um, my wife and I at the time we were we were in a Bible study with Fred Price Jr. He was preaching and he was preaching something very um, out of line with the scriptures. He said that um, we were doing tithes and offering at a Bible study, and uh, he he just said, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, this was a worship time, so you guys need to be silent, you know. And, you know, me and my wife looked at each other like, I never read that, you know. Yeah, I never read that either. So I I always thought it was rather curious. And then later on when I realized what I was doing, when I was holding my money up in the air yeah. and uh, I was making it like it was a, a worship, and then they were telling, this is your act of worship. Yeah. And uh, I later realized it was totally ridiculous. Like, why are we, where in the Bible does it say we worship God with money? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it can't because it's, 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 it changes, you know. Money could be... Uh, Something tomorrow, you know, it means nothing. It's a piece of paper, you know. So, right. But anyway, back to the story. Um, so I sent uh, Dr. Price a letter regarding that, and um, he then calls me back two weeks later. And at the time, you know, I, you know, he's my he's my idol. He's my mentor, you know. Yeah. At the time, so I've never really spoken to him. At that, you know, before that time, so, so he calls me and I'm just like blown away, you know, and and it was a very um, professional business like like his his secretary called me and said, oh, uh, Dr. Price would like to talk to you, and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, what is this, you know, he can't call me into his office or, you know, it's like, <laughs> who are you, God, you know, and so anyway. Back to the story. So, so anyway, he gets on the phone and he just starts going off. He says, "You know, I read your letter and and you know your comment about my son. It was very nebulous and and um, you know and he's just going off. I can't even remember the whole the whole thing. It, it really frustrated me because I was thinking to myself, here's this guy. I've been telling everybody for the last." Eight years that he's a great man of God, and he's yeah, he's a, and you loved him, you loved yeah. him, yeah. He's yeah. the most rude person I've ever spoken to in my life, and I've yeah. been, I've been in basic training in the army. I've been, you know, on a crazy football team where the coach was crazy, you know. So yeah. <laughs> but this guy, I mean, it, it it really really caused me to just. Question everything at that point. Like, wow, I can't believe how rude this guy was. You know, so and it just baffled me. So that was. That's good. <laughs> well, it kind of if you if you uh, my guest Karen Panzler also she she has some articles on her uh, website about some of the letters that she's received from the hierarchy and the Assemblies of God Church because she had written them letters and questioned some of the things that they were doing, and they were also very, very rude to her and uh, just kind of, you know, tried to brush her aside, too. It's like whenever you have a question, and any true man or woman of God should 
be able to uh, be asked a question and give an answer. And uh, but they yeah. they they become so rich and powerful that uh, you can't. First of all, like you know, he wouldn't call you in the office. You probably, in his mind, didn't deserve an, a, an actual physical meeting with him. And if it gets to a place in a church where you can't touch the pastor, you can't talk to him, you can't make an appointment to see him, uh, that's a little far out because they yeah. have to remain touchable and approachable. Yeah. And another thing is, uh, while he was talking or scolding me, <laughs> while he was scolding me, he quoted some scriptures that I knew by heart, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy doesn't know me from Adam. I could be more spiritual than he, he, you know. And and actually, I've at that time I read all of his books. I meditated on all of his teachings. I used to listen to his teachings. Uh, yeah, you know, all the time, you know. So I knew exactly what he knew in a sense, you know, and yeah. the things that he taught, you know. So yeah. he's quoting these scriptures out to me like he's teaching me something, and I'm just thinking to myself, come on, how can you just go off on somebody you never met? I mean, I mean, even the Bible says, you know, you could be entertaining an angel. I could have been an angel, you know. Right. So, and, and he's just gonna be rude to 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 a person he doesn't know. So it's it just you know, First Corinthians uh, thirteen gives us the the um, um, the the features of what love is, and it says love is not rude and yeah, and not puffed up. And uh, you know, they they always concentrate concentrate on. Oh, I've never cheated on my wife. I've never done this and that since I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, you know, Romans Romans uh, twelve one says that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you but how do you treat God's people? See, then how do you treat God's people? And uh, it, it, but it, it's it's great. It, it, it is good in the sense that you found out what was going on. And uh, you kind of had a rude awakening, you know. At the time, it hurts, but it's a good thing that it happened because it got you out, you know, well, got you out of there. It, it definitely is because uh, even I, I was just doing an exhaustive study on tongues and uh, and uh, and the Holy Holy Ghost being filled with the Holy Ghost and things like that this morning. And I was just re- researching and seeing that, you know, a lot of the attributes of the Holy Ghost is to reveal truth, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so basically, if you're really filled with the Holy Ghost, you won't get sucked in with all this uh, new wind of doctrine, you know? Yeah. So, Nothing's new under the sun, you know? So no, nothing new. This- uh, there's, a, there's a really excellent... Um, video on YouTube uh, from NYTN, and it's called The Making of a False Apostle, and it's a, uh, a video about Fred Price. Yeah. Now, I, you didn't, you weren't there. Were you there when, uh, Karen, this is a video. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a video of, false, uh, of Fred Price being made into an apostle, supposedly, and he actually is dressed in a Catholic priest uniform. Oh my! No, I have not seen that, but I will yeah. make sure I look at it. Yeah. Well, and uh, he comes in, and they're holding up swords, and then they put a ring on his finger, and he's holding oh, a staff. Like a coronation, <laughs> huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I they all to, think they're kings, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to. The funny thing is, I I I uh, actually bought the DVD or the video of that, and uh, my my wife and she and uh, we 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 put it in, and we. Turned it on for about five minutes, and we were just unbelievably yeah. shocked. We were yeah. like, okay, how is, I mean, he's always been about, you know, oh, I'm not going to be denominational and this, that, the other. And this is the most Catholic thing I've ever seen. It was. It was. You but know, it showed it, he came out. In a sense, he said that was his coming out party yeah. because he came out. And he said he showed who he really was. He wasn't going to yep. hide it anymore. 
Yeah. Because obviously anybody that could look at that video and see this whole, uh, yes, coronation ceremony that was going on there. I'm noticing, and, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm noticing a pattern with all of these uh, ministers on TV. Yeah. With the, and the pattern is that all of them are going to revert back to doing Judaism-type things and Catholicism-type rituals. Yes. And yes. Uh, it, it, I was going to a church in Germany, same thing. The guy started preaching sermons on, oh, I should be wearing a priestly robe. And I'm like, you're not a priest. You know, yeah. the Bible says that, you know, the New Testament says that we're all priests, you know. And, yeah, and even and, if you were a priest, like you yeah. said, we're all priests. We're, what are we supposed to do, walk around in a long robe and a collar yeah. around our neck? Yeah, and yeah. we're not supposed to separate ourselves uh, from the common person. Right. We're because just supposed we're to be like priests. everybody else because there's only one great one. Yeah, and, and uh, but Jesus, you know, Jesus. Yeah, we haven't achieved that yet. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. not going to. But it's very interesting. I think it's always interesting to talk to other people that have come out of these uh, so-called word of faith churches and uh, to see how, you know, things went went on there and uh, what happened. So uh, I, I want to thank you for calling in, Ray, today. Um I want to get to the uh, other part of the topic, which is the gap theory, the Jimmy Swaggart gap theory. So we're going to be discussing that now. But I hope that you'll call in again. And uh, actually, I would like to have you on for an hour sometime just to talk about your experiences there and uh, what God is doing in your life. So I want to thank you. All right. Thank you. God bless you guys. Okay. God bless. All right. Karen, um, you know, it's always interesting, isn't it, to, uh, like I was telling the uh, the listeners how on your website, the Liberty Advocate, you can see how you ha- have challenged the Assembly of God hierarchy with some of the errors that they've been teaching and actually embracing the one world religious system and how they they came against you. And uh, it's it's very odd. We're in we're in a very strange time in the church world, and uh, we really have to stay so close to God and in the Word, so that we don't we don't become deceived like the rest of them. How easy it was for these people to fall into deception, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct, Susan. And thank you for emphasizing easy. too. They really need to stay in the Word. You know, we have Christians who will read Christian books. They'll watch Christian TV, but you cannot get them to read the Bible. Yes. You know, and and that's the only that's our anchor because if we don't thank God for the uh, many years that I spent out on the road, uh, and I'm grateful for that now because I I spent I held over hundreds of uh, services around the world. And I had when I when I knew I was going out to preach, I actually prepared my sermon and spent hours studying so that I would have something to say. I didn't just pull a sermon out of a book, mm-hmm. but I could see now that that word that I put in my heart, how it stayed there, and I can pull it up uh, when I need it. It's there, and it, and it took root. So. Uh, well, we have to be good Bereans. Yes, we have to be good Bereans and uh, know the word of God so we, we don't be deceived. But I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Jimmy Swaggart's gap theory. And uh, what exactly is the gap theory? Well, to be honest, Susan, I never heard of the gap theory till I heard Frances Swaggart mention it on her broadcast in January. And frankly, I was quite puzzled and confused as to why Christians would believe this. Basically, the gap theory, which is advocated by Jimmy Swaggart, and it's been around for a while, so others, like Finnis Dake, um, teach this. They argue that there was previous life on this earth before God created the earth as recorded in Genesis 1-2. Yes. They argue that there is a large gap of time between Genesis 1 and 2. 
And it was on this previous Earth when the dinosaurs roamed. Oh. And, right. And they argue that the, this previous Earth ended with a war between the angels of God and the angels of Satan. And God sent a flood that destroyed the surface of the earth and killed all the animals and men at that time. And then after God destroyed this first earth, he restored it. So this is also known as the ruin restoration theory. So in a nutshell, it's God recreated the earth in Genesis. It wasn't a real creation. It wasn't the creation. It was a recreation. Oh, funny. I never saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, my husband and I were quite puzzled. But Where I did they get what, this we from? ran to get our Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that in Genesis it says, in the beginning. Right, and that said, is what it says. But they yeah, take then, that as not then it, And it says that on this day he did this, so we know a day is 24 hours. So I don't know. Where did they get this stuff from? Well, I'm... Um, in Jimmy Swaggart's Expositor's Bible, he has it broken down. So... Um, like verse 1, Genesis 1, 1, he has that labeled as the original creation. And oh. then verse 2, he has that labeled as chaos. And then verse 3, the first day. So he's saying that God recreated the earth in Genesis uh, 1, 3. It wasn't a creation. It was a he recreated it. So oh. I've never heard that, but now my mother said that Finnis Dake, um, and I'm, I'm not sure how many of your uh, listeners have heard of Finnis Dake, who is a theologian. He wrote uh, the Dake's Bible. Yes, he wrote the Dake's Bible, if they're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, he taught this, and uh, Swaggart um, uses a lot of Dake's um, ideas. In fact, uh Jimmy Swaggart was sued by Dake's heirs for plagiarizing a lot of his material, unfortunately. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Which a lot of people don't know, but that is the truth. I'm not making that well, up. Well, so did Kenneth Hagen uh, plagiarize. Uh, yes, that's true. Kenyon. I mean, word for word. Just about. Uh, I think Swaggart did in a lot of sections it was word for word, and then other was a paraphrase, but so close that, you know, it might have been, should have been word for word for all that. Uh, it mattered. But um, Finnis Dake was um, convicted and uh, of transporting underage girls across state lines for moral acts. This was back oh, in the Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yes, I didn't know that either until I started reading about the gap theory, and it wow. took me back to Finnis Dake, and then I learned uh -huh. about that. Wow. Uh, and this was back in the 30s. Oh. Yeah. And uh, he maintained his innocence, although uh, he did confess to taking them across state lines for immoral purposes. He um, uh, he was in the Assemblies of God at the time, and his license was revoked. Then he joined the Church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee, and then later that was uh -oh. broken off, and he became independent. Uh -huh. So... You know, you kind of have to understand where some of this is coming from. So Finnis Dake, uh, who my mom said he came to this church, had his chart and everything. Um, this is, it came from him, uh, from Swagger, but it goes back beyond that. It's really Gnosticism. And yeah. even, the, even the ancient pagans believed in this recreation of the earth or the restoration or a reincarnation of the earth. So it's nothing new. Yes. But theologians and Swaggart and Dake, they they pretend they have this great enlightenment and this knowledge that it's not in the Bible, and it's been divinely revealed to them, and they're going to pass it on to us. Yes, that's <laughs> it. They've got some extra knowledge. Right, bring right. The, another, uh, the caller back on. Yes, Ray? Hey, Susan. I, I just yes, he was going to give us, uh, he had a comment about the gap theory. Okay. So go yes. ahead, Ray. Yes, I was at uh, Victory Bible Institute. I don't know if you guys heard of that. That's at um, Victory Christian Center. Uh, it's attached to ORU. And um, they had... In Tulsa, Oklahoma, it was pastored by Billy Joe Doherty, who passed away, now pastored by his wife, Sharon. Yes, you got yeah. it. <laughs> 
So I, I was a student there for a whole two weeks before oh. I realized that they were Two teaching. weeks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another story I could tell you another day on why I Now, what left. year were you in Tulsa? I was I was there in 2004 to 2006. Oh, okay. Tulsa, Jerusalem, as they call it. And, and actually, yeah. And actually, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about uh, Richard Roberts uh, on how he he was a false prophet. He was involved. Oh, yeah, definitely. Lot of things, and uh, and, and that. Well, him and his father actually were the ones that started that whole sea phase. Yeah, Oral Roberts started it. Well, well, besides that, because I kind of believed in that at that time. Oh yeah, I did too. Yeah, I I knew that he was in sin. He was actually, you know, uh, stealing money or whatever they found on him. You know, I knew that he was doing stuff like that. You know, so okay, back to this. Well, they did lose the university. Uh, uh, The Roberts family did lose the university. It's now owned by someone else. Yeah, and, green. Uh, they, they were, yeah, they were basically run out, run out. But Richard yeah. now has a program. Or Robert has passed away, but Richard now has a program on TV. And I think he's got a small church there. Yeah, I think his name is Thomas Green, the owner of Mardell's, is yeah. the uh, president of the board. And and I always had a problem with Mardell's because they say they sell Catholic stuff in the store. And oh. I'm thinking. If how are you a born again Christian and you are selling Catholic stuff? Oh, it's called M O N E Y. We we do anything for M O N E Y. Rosaries. Yeah, yeah they uh, sell all of that. Mardell. Yeah. So, so anyway, let me get back to the back uh, the gap theory that they were teaching on, and 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 let me just say this that. They they just taught it as you can believe whatever you want to believe, but this is what people believe. So, in, in uh, Genesis chapter one twenty six, it says, "Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness.'" And then, if you jump over to Genesis chapter two, verse uh, eight. Hold on, no, no. Verse 7 It says And then the Lord Formed man Out of the dust Of the ground And the breath uh-huh. Of his nostrils So Basically They're saying that That's where The gap is Because uh, There's two Different stories There Oh really Yeah They uh-huh. read that and, and and actually I went to uh, Tulsa Community College And took a New Testament Class and they believe that also. They say, oh, there's two stories in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 of the creation. Oh. Well, I never saw two stories. I saw one story. I saw one. It was very plain to me, and I'm sure to Karen also. Uh, right, Karen? It was very plain to you that there's only one story of creation. <laughs> that's all I was ever taught, and when I read the Bible, that's all I see. That's all I see. I mean, no, there is only one story, but but basically they try to, I mean, because basically if you're not a true born-again Christian and you're just a theologian, those guys don't even really believe that Genesis is a fact. They, they believe it's mystical. It's, it's, it's not... But, so basically that's where, that's where the confusion sets in because a lot of the theologians don't even believe that this is an actual, this actually took place. Yeah. Well, a lot well, of theologians, obviously. a lot of theologians aren't even Christians. Some of them oh, yeah. are atheists and agnostics, and <laughs> they try to confuse doubt, or they try to cause doubt and confusion in our minds. So, yeah. so we question the Bible, like, oh, maybe it really isn't accurate. Yeah, and all of they all they do basically is. Look at the uh, the language of the Bible. Oh, it doesn't seem like James really wrote this because in in, in uh, this this section of the Bible he's talking in a a verb tense. You know, they they speak like that, and you're like, what does that have to do with you 
obeying what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you in Scripture, you know. But they don't look at it like that. They think that it's a historical book, you know. Yeah. So. Well, well, that's 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 the. Uh, I think there's a scripture. I don't know. I think it might be in Ecclesiastes when there, where it talks about it. You know, too much learning. You know, they they go to school and they they've got so much head knowledge that uh, they they try to make everything uh, like it's so ethereal and it's so up there. But the Bible is simple. It, it's it's not a confusing book. It's simple and. Uh, but that's who's the author of confusion? I mean, it's definitely not the Lord Jesus Christ. We know who the author of confusion is, and uh, the devil can sure use people to try to confuse uh, people. And uh, we, I, 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 the gospel's simple. Salvation is simple, and uh, Jesus Christ already paid the price. Uh, and uh, that's just a good way, though, I think, for some of these people to sell books. Well, basically, just like the word of faith in any movement, you can't come, you can't sell anything that simple. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't. I mean, if, if I wrote a book on how Jesus died and rose again, that that you know, that's why, that's what, that's the symbolic of our baptism, and we're raised up with Christ. That wouldn't sell anything because it's it's written. It's easy you could see that in scripture you know so so you got to come up with hey uh no more sheets or uh, uh yeah. or something to get you uh, a better job or something like that it's like go to school and get a better job you know yeah, amen to that get a job and uh, work your way up and you get a better job but th- that's the thing so they the, the way that it is now is that they they're just they try to promise people this pie in the sky, and uh, you know, okay, God can bless you, but He's definitely not going to rain money out of heaven because He doesn't have any money up there. So He's not raining any money down. Uh, the best way to get prosperity is to get a good job, get get a good education. I mean, maybe somebody might leave you an inheritance or something, or uh, somebody might decide they want to bless you somehow, some way. But uh, well, well, mainly, you, uh, as Christians, we should try to mind our own business and, and uh, be honest and uh, not act like a bunch of pimps like we see, which is, it's just so sad, I think, what the uh, how Christianity is being portrayed to the world. Uh, they make Christians look like a bunch of clowns. If I, unsafe people probably know better than some Christians when they turn on some of these programs and they see these people hawking all this stuff, how to get rich in my 21 ways and just send me $1,000 and all your dreams come true. I mean, they probably know it's phony. Well, well, let's just take this. Let's take it like this. Okay. The rich young ruler. You couldn't preach any of the gospel messages to the rich young ruler because he was already rich. It's like, what would he, why would he need to listen to Joyce Meyer or Dr. Price or Creswell? He's already rich. Yeah. So it makes no sense. I mean, even in the Bible, and, and, and me going back to the Bible days, they were persecuted for for their, you know, switching over from uh, Judaism to Christianity. You know, they were persecuted yeah. unto death. You know, so. So basically the same word uh, in Acts 1 and 8, it says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost uh, comes upon you and you shall be a witness to me uh, unto Judea or whatever. So that word witness is a, is the word martyr. So, oh. And that's, and that's the same word we use for for a person dying for what they believe in. So yes. that's what the power of the Holy Ghost is for, that we could... We, we we will be willing to die to ourselves for what we believe in. Yes, amen. That's right. So, That's right. Well, thanks again for calling in, Ray. Okay. And I'm just going to finish up here with my guest. And thanks. That was that was interesting what you had to say. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. 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 All right, Karen. You know, uh, it's 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 a sad thing also for uh, Brother Swagger to uh, has he always taught this gap theory? 
Um, I can't answer that, Susan. I don't know. The only thing I do know, and I did not know this, is uh, someone told me that the expositor study Bible that he sells now is not the same one he sold back in the 80s. It has been drastically rewritten. Yeah. And I did not know that. So what if he preached that or if he had that back in the 80s, uh, you know, the pre-new edition? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting to uh, try to find out when he uh, started believing and teaching. But I, I think he's always been a fan of uh, Phineas Dake. Yes, he has. And I think um, on that same program when I heard them talking about the gap theory, Francis said that, she said, well, I believe Jimmy is going to start teaching this as the doctrine. This is not an option. This is the doctrine of the Bible, the gap theory. Oh. Wow. Yeah, now, that was really uh, sad. That, that is very sad because that's a, you can see, uh, and, I, and I want to do a program about it in the, in the future, about the swaggerts, but you can see how they're descending yeah. uh, into uh, so much error, and uh, it is—it's very, very sad because after after God uh, exposes you, uh, which He did back in the '80s. Any of us that remember the days of the of the uh, mid 1980s when we had all the scandals with uh, Jim Baker and Jimmy Swagger, and how sad it was for us. I know for myself, it was very, very sad time, uh, what was happening when God was shaking up the church. And uh, we're starting to see a little bit of it even happening now. But the interesting thing is how people don't seem to care as much as they did back in the 80s. Now, now they tell you, well, like you said, we're not supposed to judge. And I've had people write to me about my Jimmy Swagger articles you're not the judge. Who are you to judge? God will judge him. He's preaching on TV. Yeah, well, yes, that's that's another way that uh, people uh, think you're credible is because you're preaching on TV. Yeah. I remember back in, in uh, when I was first starting out in ministry and doing some preaching and how hard it was to preach to some people because they didn't want to hear what you had to say because maybe Kenneth Copeland said it different. Yeah. And after all, just because Kenneth was on TV or uh, Fred Price or Creflo Dollar, that gave them more credibility than you. Mm-hmm. And who were you to say anything when you're not rich and famous? So, right. uh, well, well, I'm sure they've told you, who do you think you are? What yeah. authority do you have? Yeah. Yeah, you know, well, you, are you a credentialed minister, or do you have a church? Do you have a television program? Well, you know, I, I, I all those, I, I did have credentials. I did have a television program. Uh, I did have a lot of that, but I found that, uh, you know, that all didn't matter to me because right, if I right. couldn't, if I couldn't tell the truth of the gospel, uh, that was the most important thing that. Uh, I, I used to be invited on some Christian television programs, but then after um, when I started coming against the seed faith and the tithing and all that, well, then I wasn't invited anymore. Right. And I uh, wasn't invited anymore to Word of Faith churches. That was over. I haven't had an invitation since 1997. But I never expected to get another invitation. I knew that I wouldn't be a person that would be welcome. But uh, God then has ways of opening up other doors for people to uh, get the message out and people that aren't going to bow the knee to uh, the uh, fame and fortune and the pride that goes along with all that, that we take a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ because we love Jesus. We love what he did for us. Look what he did for us. He He saved us. He He healed us. He... he uh, delivered our our life from destruction and we can never thank him enough for what he's done but uh i just i want to thank you so much for coming on today karen and uh i want to recommend karen's website the liberty advocate and i'm glad all the callers i i thank you so much for calling in and uh ray says that he he's sorry he took so much of the time but i i'm not Ray, I'm glad you called in. I'm I'm always happy to hear what other people have to say. And 
You're always welcome. All the uh, people in the chat room and anybody else that wants to call in, you're always welcome to call in and make your comments and let your voice be heard. So, uh, Karen, we're going to do it again. And uh, I want to thank you so much for your time, for your ministry, and uh, for your dedication to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, thank you, Susan. And I know that your program is is touching a lot of lives, and uh, I enjoy it as well. Yes, I, uh, I know that too. And we want that even that one person that's listening today and you may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but he is a merciful Lord and a, a, a forgiving Lord. And he can forgive you of your sins and, and give you a new life today. You can be born again. Jesus Christ said you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And uh, we ask you to invite Jesus Christ into your life today. Tell him you're sorry for your sins and ask him to come into your life and give you a new life. And he will. He will come. It's a simple prayer, uh, a simple heartfelt prayer. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the uh, our wonderful Master, we love him, we worship him, and we thank him for his wonderful gift. And we thank him for his people. We thank him for uh, all the people that came into the chat room and listened today and for my very special guest, Karen Panzer Lamb of the Liberty Advocate. So uh, thanks, Karen. And I'm going to sign out now, and God bless you all. Bye-bye. Goodbye. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city, it lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there. I'm going to a city. Hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there.